0: Christian Church podcast. This week we continue our break from the Great Mystery series as Pastor Ben Pitney brings a message titled Fearlessness. Join us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verses 1 through 13. At Yale Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. Good morning. Welcome to Vail Christian Church, and uh, I'm so glad that you're listening online. We've been going through a series on Sunday mornings through the book of Colossians, this really great letter that Paul writes while he's under house arrest in uh, prison. And um, so we've been going through this series, but we're going to take a a short little break today, and I want to encourage you from a different place. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 41 and want to look at 13 verses there. And I think that God has some really good encouragement uh, for us regarding just being fearless. There's no doubt that in the middle of uh, life, it's kind of been turned upside down a little bit. And our nation, I feel like, has kind of been shook. And uh, so many things are going on. I just thought it would be appropriate today to listen to the Lord speak to us uh, about being fearless. And so in particular today, um, we're gonna look at two commands that he gives us, to not be afraid and to not be frightened. And then we're gonna look at some foundational truths that are kind of the underpinning to those commands. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 41. Let's just read these 13 verses and then draw the truth out of the text and see how it applies to us. So starting in verse one, in chapter 41, he says, listen to me in silence, you coastlands. Let the nations find renewed strength. Let them approach and then speak. Let us come together for debate or judgment in the courtroom. verse two, who stirs up this one from the east? Who officially commissions him for service? He hands nations over to him and enables him to subdue kings. He makes them like dust with his sword, like wind-blown straw with his bow. He pursues them and passes by unharmed. He advances with great speed, who acts and carries out decrees, who summons the successive generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am present at the very beginning and at the very end I am the one. The coastlands see and are afraid. The whole earth trembles. They approach and come. They help one another. One says to the other, be strong. The craftsman encourages the metalsmith. The one who wields the hammer encourages the one who pounds on the anvil. He approves the quality of the welding and nails it down so it won't fall over. You, my servant Israel, Jacob, whom I've chosen, offspring of Abraham, my friend. You, who I am bringing back from the earth's extremities and have summoned from the remote regions. I told you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be frightened, for I'm your God. I strengthen you, yes. I help you, yes. I uphold you with my saving right hand. Look, all who were angry at you will be ashamed and humiliated. Your adversaries will be reduced to nothing and perish. When will you look for your omnipotence, or opponents, excuse me. When will you look for your opponents? You will not find them. Your enemies will be reduced to absolutely nothing. For I am the Lord your God, the one who takes hold of your right hand, who says to you, don't be afraid, I'm helping you. This is a really great scene, and this is God speaking through his mouthpiece, Isaiah. So I want to focus on verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be frightened. For I'm your God, I strengthen you, yes, I help you, yes, I uphold you with my saving right hand. Don't be afraid, that's the first command at the beginning of the verse. And then the second one is don't be frightened. So I'm reading this out of the Net Bible translation. And as always in the Bible, there are reasons for commands. Commands don't hang around in the air and just float around with no grounding in reality. If God commands us to do something, there are good reasons to do it. And power comes from understanding and believing those reasons. So I want to give you foundational truths about fearlessness and how we can live and be fearless. Here are five of them. And they're pretty simple. He says, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. The second one is, I am your God. Don't be frightened, for I'm your God. And then third, he says, I strengthen you. Fourth, yes, I help you. And then I uphold you with my saving right hand. So if, if I put them just a little more practical in more practical language, these five truths, foundational truths of being fearless or fearlessness, they're God is with me, God is my God, God strengthens me, God helps me, God upholds me. See, when God calls you to be free from fear, as you do things out of your comfort zone or as you take a test maybe at school or as you face a, an, an uncomfortable interview, as you uh, take a stand against maybe uh, unjust practice at work, as you help someone with their sin in their life, when you leave security and you take a risk in a kind of a new adventure, when you, you face disease or um, some kind of treatment, when you lose a spouse or a friend, when when God calls you to be free from fear, to overcome this natural emotion to have peace, right? He does not leave the command just floating around in the air. He puts foundational truths under it. That's the nature of all biblical commands. They come with positive support and our best interests in mind. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Don't be afraid. God is your God. Don't be afraid. God will strengthen you. Don't be afraid. God will help you. Don't be afraid. God will uphold you. See, the pathway to overcoming fear is resting on the foundational truths of the promises of God. So we're going to come back to these foundational truths in just a minute, but I want you to look at look with me at the verses leading up to verse 10. Verse 10 is the focus and I want to want you to see how all these verses intensify the promises and strengthen this foundation. See, if the pathway to fearlessness is believing that God is your God and that He is with you and will strengthen you and help you and uphold you, then knowing the greatness of this God will intensify your faith and your fearlessness. So let's just look at some insights of God's greatness. So uh, the first insight of God's greatness that Isaiah gives us is pretty simple. That God is the judge of all the earth. You know, in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1, in just verse 1, God says, Listen to me in silence, you coastlands. Let the nations find renewed strength, let them approach and then speak. Let us come together for debate. That's what happens in a courtroom before judgment. See, the pathway. To overcoming fear is resting on the foundational truth of the promises of God. So here's a picture of God calling all the coastlands and everybody, everybody all together, and all the peoples to uh, find their strength and to come before Him for judgment. The God in verse ten is the judge of all the earth. He calls all the nations to give an account for their lives and their religions and their thoughts, all their thinking. He, he is not called to account. He's not on trial. They are. They come into his courtroom for debate and for judgment. He's the judge of all and will pass sentence on every person. That's the God who is with you to strengthen you and help. Let's look at the next insight. The ruler of all rulers, that's God. In verses 2 and 3 then, Isaiah asks, who stirs up this one from the east? Probably Cyrus, the Persian king. God stirred up to come against uh, Babylon, who, or God, right, officially commissions him for service. He hands nations over to him. He enables him to subdue kings. He makes them uh, like dust with his sword, he says. Like wind-blown straw with his bow, he pursues them and passes by unharmed. He advances with really great speed. So here's a picture of God rousing a king or rounding up a king or empowering a king and leading him in conquest and delivering up nations before him. So the God of Isaiah 41.10 is the ruler of the rulers of history, He controls the affairs of men and the nations for his purposes. That's who gives the foundational truths for fearlessness is in Isaiah 41.10. This next insight is the uncreated one or the Lord. In verse four, look at verse four. Isaiah asks, who acts and carries out decrees? Who summons the successive generations from the beginning? He says, I, the Lord... Am present at the very beginning, and at the very end, I am the one. See, here's a picture of God not only judging the nations and ruling the rulers of the earth, but calling all the nations to the earth into being. Who summons the successive generations from the beginning? God is the beginning. He's the absolute reality before all other realities on, on which all other realities depend He is the uncreated one at the beginning, the Lord. And he will be there at the end when all is accomplished according to his eternal purposes. So when God answers, I, the Lord, the word Lord is Jehovah or Yahweh. It's the full meaning of the name Jehovah, which is um, unfolded right here. For God is calling Jehovah as The absolute I, the absolute free being pervading all history and above all history and above everything. I'm the Lord. I am absolutely revealing, which is purely self-determined in a word as unconditionally free and unchangeable, eternally um, personal. That's the God of Isaiah in in, verse 10, who strengthens us, upholds us. And then the fourth insight is the God who chose his own people. Look at verses five through seven. Isaiah shows the, the desperate attempts of the nations to persuade themselves that they and their gods, that they're strong. Verse five, they, they're, they're afraid and they come together. And verse six, they, they try to encourage each other to not be afraid. And they say, be strong in verse seven, the, the craftsmen making the idols Encourages the metalsmith and the one who welds and the one who swings the hammer and the one who pounds the nails on the anvil. And he approves the quality of the welding and the nails so that it doesn't fall over. In other words, it's a picture of this unrepentant nation desperately trying to convince themselves that they are self-sufficient. And their gods made with welding and nails are really adequate for their needs. And over against this desperation of self-reliance and idolatry, God says to his people in verses 8 and 9, look at verses 8 and 9. You're my servant, Israel, Jacob, whom I've chosen, offspring of Abraham, my friend. You, whom I am bringing back from the earth's extremities and have summoned from the remote region. I told you, you're my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. So verses 1 through 9, is a picture of the God who judges the nations, and rules the rulers of the nations, calls the nations into being, choosing his people for himself, calling them from their hopelessness, distant from him, and taking them to be his servant. That's what God has done for us in Jesus. He chose us before the foundations of the world. He called us out of darkness and death. He took for us himself to be his. He took us to be his, to make himself our God. See, these insights that intensify the foundational truth to make us fearless, they're powerful, right? Isaiah 41.10, verse 10. The God who judges all the earth and calls all the coastlands to give an account. The God who rules the rulers of history the God who calls the nations of the earth into being because he is the beginning and the end, the God who calls his own people and makes himself their God freely and graciously, that God says to us who believe, he says, I'm your God. I'm with you. I strengthen you. I help you. I uphold you. then comes the command. You ready? Here comes the command in verse 10. So, because I am the judge of all the nations. So, because I rule the rulers of history. So, because I call the nations into being. So, because I choose freely my own. So, because I, this great and sovereign God, am your God and I'm with you, and strengthen you, and help you, and uphold you, so don't be afraid. I love that. Or you could say, I am your God over you. I am with you. I'm I'm by your side. I strengthen you from the inside of you, because this is where Jesus lives. I help you all around you, from wherever the enemy comes, I uphold you from underneath you, over you, by you, inside you, around you, underneath you. So don't be afraid. You don't have any reason to be afraid. Believe in God. Trust God. Let God be your God. Your help, your strength. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And of all the places God could choose to live and dwell, this is where he chooses to live and dwell, right here. That's the God who lives inside of us. He gives us these great two commands don't be afraid, don't be frightened. He gives us all these foundational truths to underpin all these things, right? I'm with you. Be afraid. I'm your God. Don't be frightened. I strengthen you. I help you. And uphold you with my right hand. I love this passage. If there's a time where I think we are called as a church to be fearless, it's right now. It's right now. The only way that we can be fearless is to obey the commands and to believe and understand who the sovereign. God and creator of the universe is, and what He's done for us, what He wants. I love this passage because this is God's heart. These are God's truths. Bow your head with me just for a few minutes. Lord, thank you that we can bow our head before you today. We can pray to you today, and we're not talking to you like you're far up there, way beyond the clouds. You're distant from us. No, God, you you dwell in our hearts right here, so you're that close, that intimate. You are God of the angel armies, and yet you care about the smallest things going on in our lives, and you care about what's going on in our world right now. Lots of people are afraid. Lots of people are scared. And I think lots of people um, are kind of panicking a little bit, confused, not sure what to do, and it seems kind of desperate, actually, just this week, Lord. I'm praying that you might settle our hearts and and that you might use the church, that you might use Christ followers right now to bring peace and assurance um, to the world around us. It's kind of in turmoil and afraid. I'm praying, God, that you would use us in a great and mighty way. Thank you for encouraging us today, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Join us next week as Pastor Ben teaches out of the books of Romans and Hebrews. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the videocast of this message, please visit our website at www.valechristian.com.